Broadcasting from Washington, D.C., this is Insider's Guide to Energy. This episode of Insider's Guide to Energy EV miniseries is powered by Power. Power helps your business transition to electric vehicles by simplifying charging, managing payments, and optimizing your charging data. Welcome to the Insider's Guide to Energy EV miniseries. With me today is Neil Rydell, my co-host. Neil, what are we going to be talking about today? So this is a topic which I kind of started my career in. Um, we're going to be talking about battery recycling and the recovery of materials out of the um, electric vehicle battery ecosystem. And we have Rafael Nacchiero here to talk to us about this. Do you want to introduce yourself, Rafael? Thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm very happy to tell you our story, the story of our innovative startup, Arabat. And how did this all begin? What is the story? (laughs) Okay, Uh, our uh, innovative startup, uh, Arabat, uh, from Italy. Yes, I I am Italian. Our startup was born uh, in 2020. So during the pandemics, when uh, um, my friends and colleagues and I uh, created this uh, technological intuition and uh, business idea. What business idea? Well, uh, we have uh, um, generated a new uh, conceptual idea for setting up a business by using the resources of our territory, so the biomass. Uh, We uh, have, uh, so we have um, uh, created a startup that uses the biomass such as organic waste, for example, uh, simple, beautiful orange peels or vegetable byproducts to solve a global challenge, that of disposal of battery waste and uh, that are dangerous waste. Just think that one simple battery can emit over than 100 toxic gases, uh, starting from CO, very, very polluting for environment and toxic for human beings. So we uh, have started from this idea and we have created the team. And the first uh, thing that we have done was uh, to uh, telling this idea to the world. Firstly, we have uh, talked with uh, the university of our city. We are in Apulia, no? South Italy, uh, um, the, the city of Foggia, if you, if you know. And in this city, we have uh, contacted uh, the university professor. Its name, his name is Matteo Francavilla, that is uh, the coordinator of a very important laboratory, the Star Facility Center, uh, one of the most relevant uh, biomass valorization labs in all Europe. Yeah, and uh, when we have told him our uh, this crazy idea, no, conjugating, uh, linking biomass and biological dimension to the electrical transition, no, very uh, uh, crazy idea. We have told this to this professor, and uh, he was very happy to hear uh, this type of idea from by uh, very simple guys yeah we we were uh, uh, in that year we were uh, simple university students yeah 
our team is composed of uh, by two management engineers, me and Giovanni, two uh, economists, Vincenzo and Leonardo Renna, and one scientist materials engineer, Leonardo Pinetti. So a very heterogeneous team. So we have presented ourselves to this university uh, professor and we have asked him Professor, we have this idea. We want support from, from you. And uh, since we can do very important things together. And the professor uh, has uh, early, was early uh, agreed with us. And from the, uh, since the, 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 the next day, we have worked in his laboratory to make concrete this technological intuition. This is the background of our story, a team from nothing uh, that were linked by university experiences or uh, cultural associations experiences. We had, uh, in fact, a cultural association, Associazione Nemicore, that developed um, a cultural projects um, linked to the sustainability and circular economy that are very important topics for us. So this is the, the background of our story. And in 2022, so last year, we have established the business subject, the, the corporate, the startup, and then uh, we have gradually developed our technology and our uh, concrete business project. So what exactly happens with biomass to make it take a battery and recycle a battery? I mean, so I, I get that you're taking two good things or hoping for a good outcome, but what exactly are you doing? Yeah, um, our uh, innovative technology called Aramet is a green hydrometallurgical process that uses organic acids such as citric acid and pretreated biomass, such as orange peels, to recover critical raw materials from spent batteries. More precisely, our, technological, uh, our technology is composed of three different phases. The first one corresponds to a pretreatment of these batteries where input batteries entered into this phase and uh, um, by using an equipment we can recover copper aluminum and we can produce black mass yeah in the recycling field this concept that of black mass is very important what is black mass black mass is uh, the black powder of batteries that include all the high value raw materials such as nickel, manganese, cobalt and lithium. Our um, first phase so is a very simple simple mechanical pretreatment. Then there is the second phase, the most innovative one, our green leaching, biomass based leaching where the black mass produced previously, entered into this uh, reactor, the leaching reactor, where there are water, citric acid or other organic acid, and this biomass mix deriving from uh, pretreated fruit or vegetable waste. And in this uh, phase, we um, activate a, a chemical treatment uh, that presents very low temperature not uh, uh, lower than 80 
degrees, it's a very important uh, feature in the recycling field, and with very reduced time. Our um, leaching uh, time is uh, not over than one hour if supported by a, a parallel mechanical supporting process. So that's that's it. This is our second green, green leaching phase. And the final phase is uh, 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 the selective precipitations phase, where we activate a pH changing mechanism to recover nickel and manganese. Then then cobalt and finally lithium, lithium carbonate. And I, I want to highlight that our uh, lithium carbonate is produced in this phase by capturing CO2 from environment. So a third important sustainability feature. That's it. That's our Arabats process. That is incredible. Um, we, my background meant that I spent a bunch of time recycling nuclear fuel and they used, um, very concentrated acids in enclosed containers with, um, platinum based vessels and all sorts of crazy stuff. Whereas you basically kind of described, you crush up a battery, you dissolve it in some orange juice at a low temperature, and then you recover the important materials out of it. It's genius. I love it. Um, where have you got to on this journey? Is it in a little beaker in a lab or is this pilot scale or are you able to mass produce these uh, facilities yet yeah um during the last year we have validated our technology at a laboratory scale through the support of university uh, of Foggia. then this year we have done our technological scale up with the support of uh, some canadian partners um, in fact uh, last september i was in canada with my uh, with my team to um, to do pre-industrial and operative tests of our technology. What we have done, we have replicated our technology that was already validated uh, at a laboratory scale, and we have replicated it uh, on, a, um, on a relevant environment. We have done uh, over than 10 small green leaching tests on hundreds of uh, grams of black mass. Then, during the same experience, we could validate the technology on uh, at a, uh, an operative scale. In fact, we have replicated it uh, by using over than uh, 10 of kilograms. So a very pre-industrial scale. And uh, um, the last days, we have received the first results of this uh, pre-industrial experience and we are very happy to say that our green leaching efficiency rates are very very high we uh, can talk uh, about of for example of 95 percent of efficiency of leaching on lithium that's a very important result in this recycling field when, when the process is done and you've gone through each of the three steps you described, is there a slurry or some sort of 
byproduct that that needs to be dealt with that that has toxic material that didn't get used again uh, our uh, process is uh, uh, includes uh, these phases that are uh, uh, less pollutant and we are working to complete the circle to reach the uh, recovering rate of 90-90% of the input battery. That is a very, very important goal. And for example, we are working uh, on the reuse of the uh, wastewater <laughs> to reuse it from the uh, end of the process to reuse it at the beginning of the first phase to use this wastewater for the battery discharge. So we are working on several different ideas to make better our process that is already sustainable and circular. And now uh, we, uh, and obviously the raw materials and byproducts of our process uh, will be reinserted into the market uh, for the sale to car makers, battery producers, or companies from very different production sectors that need these raw materials, for example, to do buildings, uh, to create uh, boats, or other sectors. And then you mentioned orange quite a bit, orange peels and, 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 and natural acids. When this goes up to scale, so if we if we turn the clock ahead and say you guys are wildly successful five or 10 years from now and there's a number of batteries there, um, do we have orchards of oranges being grown just for this use or will there be enough oranges there? <laughs> yeah, um, this is a very important point. Uh, first of all, uh, I have to say that our process, so our patent, our technology, include, includes the use of a, or of a very um, variegated, of a very different biomass, types of biomass. Orange, but not only orange. We can use vegetable waste. Um, we can use other different fruit and vegetable uh, typologies. This is very important uh, since uh, our process seems to be very flexible for the use of biomass and for the geographical uh, use of our future uh, plant. Since we can uh, use our industrial process in Italy, in Apulia, where we are full of oranges, or we can use it in, uh, uh, in Florida, where they are full of oranges, but not only. We can use our, the same process with a very uh, different biomass. Uh, for example, in Canada, there are more vegetable, or uh, in India, full of uh, lemons, and so on. So um, it, it's a very uh, advantage of our technology, this point. And uh, finally, I have to say that um, the quantity of biomass that is necessary to activate our green leasing is not very high. We use a very convenient, a very effective rate battery biomass. So it's an, it's a scalable technology. So the, the potential volume of batteries we're going to have to handle in the future once they've been through cars and a second life could be quite substantial. If you're at the stage when you can handle 10 kilos of black mass, um, I'm guessing that a an average electric car now must be producing five, six, seven hundred kilos. 
and then you need to do that at a real scale. When might we expect to see you able to operate at a sort of a, a more industrial scale? What's the timeline for your next steps towards that production of that process? Yeah, um, this month is really important for our, our organization, for Arabat. Since we are talking with two different industrial players for two different industrialization projects. With the uh, American partner, we are talking about a joint venture for the setting up of a new co for the pretreatment phase. And we are talking with an Italian multinational for the scale up of the second phase, so of the green leaching phase. So we uh, will work on these two railways and the, on the, these two different parallel directions to reach the industrialization goal by the end of 2024. Uh, so that's our timeline uh, goal. That's uh, very impressive to get it to 2024. And I presume you've got a lot of steps to go through. Um, classically industrial scale up you know the reason for going through those steps is to discover problems have you found challenges so far in in terms of scaling from lab to you know pilot plant obviously there are several challenges or potential barriers barriers Uh, the industrialization scale up is always the most difficult challenge of every deep tech and clean tech startups like Arabat. Uh, for example, the, one of the most relevant barriers is related to the uh, permitting, <laughs> to uh, the, um, the obtaining of all the permits in terms of environmental standards and uh, local government uh, um, authorizations. But uh, we are very... Um, Happy to say that our startup is supported from the local government of Apulia since we were incubated in the first years from a regional entrepreneurship program. So we have their support. And now we are working to close our first investment round with the the uh, an institutional investment fund to support the authorization process in the future since we can have institutional players in our equity or in our collaborative relationships uh, and i want to uh, to highlight that our competitors some of them um, have tried to make faster the the approval of uh, their industrialization project in Italy, but the local governments of the some regions of Italy have denied their fast track approval. So there are problems in this, uh, and uh, but we are Italian. We are uh, very sustainable. Very, we have a very circular project. Uh, I'm sure we won't have pro- the same problems. I hope. Do Do you anticipate um, controlling these facilities or licensing this this technology out? 
Very um, important question. Um, our goal is to control the plants, the industrialization, uh, at least in the regions and territories that uh, we can control directly, like Italy or uh, um, other similar regions. But uh, we can be open to we can open uh, to um, discuss potential licensing models with very specific uh, uh, geographical areas. For example, uh, in the last uh, um, in the last uh, last year, we were contacted by Indian potential partners that were interested at. Uh, uh, at receive the license of our technology. So. It's not a closed topic. This we are very open to do uh, to do different things, but our main goal is the control of the plants. So you briefly mentioned the idea that you might have competitors. Um, so one of the things I'd be very interested in, if I was an investor, would be why is your process superior to others, and what is the market currently like for people that are offering this kind of battery recycling service yeah our we um, we believe our technology is superior in terms of efficiency and sustainability for the first uh, feature our technology uh, includes a very important numbers of savings in terms of energy we use very low temperature than our competitors, and we use very leaching time, very low leaching times. Uh, so we can save money, time, and uh, energy for this fact. So efficiency um, feature, and for the sustainability feature, well, we use oranges, we use biomass, we use the most sustainable and circular process in the recycling field. And this is important, I want to add, this is important for, uh, for receiving incentives, public incentives and institutional support. It's not only uh, a green and uh, an environmental characteristic, it is related to very important economics too. So this economics one is exactly what I was thinking. Because your process is using fairly uh, simple, uh, organic, natural materials, do you also have a capital cost saving? Because actually your plant manufacturing is likely to be lower cost than a high-pressure, high-temperature process. Yeah, uh, now um, we are studying all the cost structure, or the potential cost structure, of our plant. So we are studying the CAPEX, the classical CAPEX and OPEX. Yeah, in terms of OPEX, we believe our process can be very, very um, cost effective than competitors. In terms of CAPEX, uh, well, we are talking about an industrial and chemical treatment plant. So the CAPEX uh, are high, but uh, um, by using and adopting our strategy, that of joint venture and that of a technological scale up of the second phase, we aim to reduce them by starting with battery sorting and preparation and then 
by um, industrializing our leaching phase. So you, you talk about a pretty industrial process, um, although everything sounds friendly and not super energy inefficient. Does this need to take place in a super industrial area? Are there odors that we're going to figure out? Or is this something that a city would welcome in, in a, a more light industry area? Yeah, uh, we are talking about a, a, a very a deep tech project, a very industrial project. So we imagine that uh, this type of plant uh, will be related to the industrial areas of the cities of the world. <laughs> so we uh, now, for example, we, we are seeing some um, uh, opportunities for land, uh, and buildings uh, in the industrial areas of our region. So um, that's it. So, so Chris um, and I were thinking about this earlier, and one of the things we're interested in is the market scale. Um, clearly, there will come a time when we have a lot of batteries that we need to manage, and therefore there'll be a big market for this. But is there a market demand yet, or are we a little bit early for that market demand? The market... Uh, is uh, a very uh, the battery and the recycling market um, is very interesting to uh, tell something about them. Um, Financial Times uh, um, had published something uh, related to this and presented very interesting numbers for this. They uh, they tell about uh, the need for recycling of manufacturing scraps and uh, scooters and other electric devices, batteries in this decade. So this decade, 2020, 2030, is the decade of the recycling of scraps and electric devices, batteries. The next decade, 2030, 2014, and so on, will be the decade of the EV batteries, electric vehicle batteries. Uh, this is important to highlight since now the, um, the, the EVs uh, are not very, very distributed and uh, massive in uh, Europe uh, or, or in America too. Uh, so the amount of uh, uh, batteries that can be recycled is not enough from cars. So now if uh, the business of uh, batch of car battery recycling cannot be uh, very uh, profitable but next decade uh, an explosion <laughs> will become for this so we will uh, have uh, lots of car batteries uh, in the streets uh, in our cities so our strategy is aligned is aligned with these uh, points we want to open the plants for recycling a very heterogeneous battery chemistries lithium but not only we uh, through the support of our partners we aim to do the pretreatment and battery preparation for very different uh, products and waste and then we will be ready for the recycling of every type of batteries, cars, batteries too. So as we move towards that decade of EV battery recycling, 
do manufacturers have an obligation to recycle or plan the recycling of their batteries as I buy, you know, an automobile or something today? So are the OEMs and folks actually planning for and legally liable for maintaining the entire life cycle of these batteries that we're getting deployed today? Um, yeah, uh, today, um, institutions of uh, Europe are uh, um, developing some interesting normative tools uh, to create uh, the so-called extended res- producer responsibility. This concept is very important for everyone that uh, uh, produce and recycle batteries. For example, uh, uh, an uh, EV company, a car uh, battery company, has uh, the needs uh, to um, to create a secure and safe and sustainable destination for the batteries that uh, they create and use. So, uh, thanks to this principle, the recyclers uh, like Carabat can uh, do uh, commercial agreements with this type of companies where the recycler receive a fee, euro, dollar for tons of battery that it uh, can receive. In fact, the Arabat business model is based uh, on two different revenue lines. The first one is based on the offer of this service the disposal service where we receive batteries and we are paid for receiving them. But the other revenue line is obviously uh, related to the sale of all the raw materials we can recover by using our innovative technology. So there's, there's a raw feedstock coming in, batteries, you get a payment, you process it and you put it out the back we've noticed that there's some changes happening within the battery technology that we're deploying in vehicles and and in micromobility. Do you have a limitation on the kinds of battery you can accept or do you modify your chemistry to handle different types of battery? Yeah, our technology is uh, good for every lithium battery categories. We are worked especially with the so-called LCO batteries that are the batteries from laptops or smartphones. But uh, we are sure our technology works very well with other different uh, battery chemistries. In fact, in Canada, we have tested our technology on a very heterogeneous uh, black mass from different lithium batteries and our leaching uh, particular leaching works very well. We have reached over the 90% of green leaching efficiency of lithium and other high performances for the other raw materials. Um, but I want to add that uh, our strategy uh, go over this. Yeah, our strategies uh, um, is based on a collaborative relationship with uh, our partners to set up a business that can accept other battery chemistries too, not only the lithium one. Why this? This is a very relevant strategy 
to uh, defeat our competitors that instead are, are focused only on the lithium batteries. So we are working to make uh, the orange dream concrete. Yeah, the orange dream <laughs> is a motto of our startup, orange related to the orange pits and so on. Uh, so, Raphael, you've talked about the technology you use, the, the work you're doing to scale up this, the opportunity it presents, but who are you as a team? Uh, what is the mix of skills you have, and do you have all the skills you need to be able to bring this uh, technology to life? Yeah. Um, our team is complete and heterogeneous uh, with very different skills. For example... Uh, I'm a management engineer and a, a PhD student in mechanical and management engineering where I do research projects related to the supply chain management. So the, the, that's my field, that's my uh, research topic. So I, I've studied several years uh, the dynamics of uh, uh, supply chains uh, resilient, related to uh, resilience, circular economy, sustainability, uh, disruptions management, and these topics. That's my background. Uh, there are uh, another management engineer, uh, engineer Giovanni Micolis, that is more um, focused on uh, the operations and logistics management. So supply chain and logistics and operations are very important for every tip tech startup. Then we have uh, two economists, two um, Leonardo and Vincenzo, that are that have skills related to marketing and sales. So social media management, marketing, green marketing, and so on. And Leonardo, uh, instead, skills related to green finance, accounting, and other topics. So the economics part of Arabat, and finally we. Obviously, have the scientist Leonardo Binetti is our uh, materials engineer that uh, uh, has achieved a PhD in uh, engineering in uh, University of Edinburgh. So, a very uh, complete team with very international experiences. And uh, but the secret, in my opinion, the secret to setting up every business is the enthusiasm. That is a very important concept that derives from ancient Greek, where en, dentro, inside, and theos, that is God. So a uh, God inside. And this is the most important secret to setting up every business and every uh, goal in, in professional lives and business too. One thing you've mentioned through the interview a few times is Canada. Uh, you, you spent time there. You've got some proof of concept there. Um, Italy to Canada, it's kind of a little air gap. Let me understand how, how and why. Why Canada? <laughs> yeah, we have... Um, that's a very interesting point. Um, when we have created our startup, our project, we... Uh, need support, okay? We wanted to create the first relationships, the first partnerships with potential industrial players. But in the first time, we haven't received any attention 
from local industrial players, from uh, uh, Italian industrial players at the beginning. Uh, everyone told us, uh, you, are very, you are too young, you are uh, uh, too crazy for uh, this idea of biomass and battery, you are uh, not ready for an industrial ambitious project. So uh, what I, I, uh, I did was uh, to take LinkedIn, okay, the social media, and I used it uh, uh, to contact potential international uh, players. And I searched uh, a Canadian uh, man, a Canadian entrepreneur, Canadian manager, and I told him our beautiful story, in particular story, our technology, our business vision. And he was very... Uh, happy to hear this from an Italian guy. And uh, just think that one month later, uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, Canadian <coughs> guy uh, was, uh, went to Italy. So he um, went to uh, Montreal, Paris, Paris, Bari, and uh, he went to Foggia, our small city, to talk with us of business, science, research, and a better future. And from that moment, we have uh, created a very important collaboration that has, uh, has started in a very formal and beneficial way. What a fabulous story. The uh, Canadian meets the Italian to use some oranges to recycle batteries. Uh, you've taken us on a, an incredible journey through the process that you're developing, which is clearly hugely pioneering, and the challenges you're going to face as we move towards an ability to recycle batteries. Um, I'm sure our listeners are going to absolutely love listening to this story. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. For our audience, we hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we did. It was a fantastic episode. I enjoyed hearing about the technology, hearing about the vision, and this young company's Plan to change how we recycle. If you enjoy this content, please don't forget to subscribe, follow us on YouTube, share us with your friends and add comments and we will get responses. We look forward to seeing you again next time on the Insider's Guide to Energy EV mini series. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.